Pod Save the King! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined, as always, by our Royal Editor, Russell Myers, on a very exciting week for the Sussexes, because Archie and Lilibet, they've referred to her as Princess for the first time. And so a big story, obviously, in terms of what this means for their futures and lots to go around it. But before we get into that, it is exciting and it is lovely for the Sussex kids that they are now have their titles, which have been described as their birthright. Mm. Now, this came about, uh, it's kind of almost two stories to it. So we're going to split it into two bits. So it came about casually dropped into conversation in confirming that Lilibet's christening had happened. But we'll go on and talk about the christening after, because that's obviously a huge event in itself. But everyone sat there and saw that statement and went, hang on a minute, yeah, that princess is new. So what happened? Well, I mean, we know that the conversations had happened between the king and Prince Harry around about the time of uh, the Queen's funeral. Um, and that uh, that means it was way before his book, doesn't it? And even before the Netflix series. So, you know, were they getting in before they knew they were going to drop some bombshells? I mean, I think a lot of people will draw their own conclusions from that. But listen, it is... A happy occasion, a christening, new beginnings. Um, invitations were sent out. Sounds a bit like recollections may vary, doesn't it? But those invitations did go out. The Sussexist spokesman has confirmed them, but we still don't know exactly when they were. Now, I've been told they were several weeks before, but... As you well know, the Royal's Diary are planned out months in yeah, advance. Yeah, that's still not that much notice. Yeah. Like, we know everything's done from, you know, months in advance. Months and months, rather yeah, definitely. Than that. So, you know, and to be honest, even, you know, I don't have the diary of a king or a princess, but even if someone said to me, in three weeks' time, can you fly over to America? Because mm. you can't pop out, you know, it's not like popping to Windsor for an afternoon tea. It's quite a big... You know, yeah, it's a big, big deal. deal. I mean, and also, I don't have security that comes with it. It's yes. a whole different game. Yeah, I mean, let's let's look at the planning that would be involved in the King and the Prince and Princess of Wales, and indeed the Queen Queen Consort as well, who is invited, going over to America. You imagine the logistical and security nightmare that that would entail. Now, you would need to get. Let's say that was like a mini tour or visit that uh, that. That happened all the time. We're going to France and Germany in a few weeks. Um, that has been planned for months in advance. So to, to for them to just drop in, I mean, they're not Tyler Perry. You can't just get on their own private jet and just end up going to Harry and Meghan's house with their security detail. It's not really that simple. There's obviously a lot of issues. If the king is in a foreign country, does he go and meet dignitaries? Does he go and meet the um, the uh, the president of the United States, for, for, for instance? Uh, there are so many things to consider. So I, th- I think, looking at it, it seems as though those invitations were put out. I don't think, you know, in a month of Sundays that the, that the royal family were going to attend because of how relations are at the moment. But it does tell you a lot about their thinking, certainly Harry and Meghan's, that they did want this uh, business of the titles um, sorted before they they went ahead and did it. Or be- of course, because we've had that statement today. What did they say? It was their birthright. And I spoke about the His Majesty the King as merely their grandfather. And of course he is. But one would have assumed a, an official statement coming out from their spokesperson would have addressed the King by his correct and proper title. So, listen, there's so many things to unpack here, isn't there? Um, 
I think the people I've spoken to at the palace were saying that, of course, those conversations had happened in the way that they should. They were very, I determined from that, that they were very respectful. And um, and Harry and Meghan sort of put their stall out early, one would assume. They spoke about titles all the way back when with the um, with their Oprah Winfrey interview. But now it does seem like a bit of a u-turn i mean I, I i i there's so many ways to dissect this right and um i i think that it's a bit of a u-turn harry and meghan have spoken about their ill treatment from uh at the hands of the monarchy and the family over the last couple of years and and here they are attaching their children who haven't had a say in it to the monarchy so let's just kind of get because obviously there's been lots of confusion and i feel like titles is one of those things we've been speaking about constantly so when obviously Meghan joined the royal family she was given a royal title the Duchess of Sussex then obviously when they had their children Archie he was the child of he was the great grandchild of the monarch which meant he didn't get a title this was the same for George Charlotte and Louis when they were born however the queen obviously stepped in and said well George is going to be king one day you know he can't just be master he does need to be prince so the standard rule was that they shouldn't have titles as the great grandchildren and the exception was George Charlotte were George Charlotte and Louis and this is the same with obviously Beatrice and Eugenie's children they won't get titles because they're further down yes however when the queen passed away and Charles became king Archie and Lilibet became the grandchildren of a monarch, which therefore makes means they are entitled to the prince and princess title. And you're not you're well done. Me, no, so I am. I'm right. very impressed. Can you tell I've yeah. written this one or two times? Yeah, it's like a tongue twister. Yeah, well done. So that's the situation. So when Meghan and Harry talk about it being their birthright, yes, is their birthright because they technically have these. However, there was lots of confusion and conversations about whether they wanted them to have the titles. So as you mentioned at the time when Archie was born, the kind of the feeling and the reports were very much that they didn't want them to have the titles because they knew that by the time that Archie and Lily better older and going to get jobs and living life, they're going to be so far down the line of succession that they will have normal lives. And there was lots reported of obviously like, oh, Harry's obviously very close with his cousins, Beatrice and Eugenie, how they kind of struggled having, not struggled having these titles, but they were always in the royal category and that how that impacted their lives and they didn't know where they fit. Then the Oprah interview came out and you mentioned that and the titles was a big converse you know a big part of that mm, wasn't it yeah and that's when they said that that wasn't the case and they had wanted them to have the titles and i think lots of people came away from the oprah interview or with the impression that they should have had these titles when they were born and they'd been taken away from them yes but that was never correct exactly. that wasn't that exactly however it now sounds that they've decided that they will have those titles to give them the option yeah, I, I suppose, but I look at I look at Edward and Sophie. Now their children could have had titles, and they chose not to for exactly that reason that they didn't want to burden them with uh, with that association. And and I they have arguably flourished. We we, we and privately as well because we don't see them in public life. But I think it's further com- complicated by the fact that Archie and Lilibet one would assume, are going to grow up in a foreign country, in the United States. So why would they want to be prince and princess? I mean, they've moved away. They've moved country. They've not only moved um, their association away from the monarchy, but they've actually moved physically as well. And one doesn't 
well, I can presume that they're not going to be back here anytime soon. They don't have a UK base anymore because the the king had, you know, in quotes, evicted them, even though they're okay with it. I mean, there's a, just a bit of a tit for tat. I'm reading that statement again, and that this statement that came from the uh, from the Sussexes um, regarding Archie and Lilibet. The children's titles have been a birthright since their grandfather became monarch. This matter has been settled for some time in alignment with Buckingham Palace. Now, again, it depends which way your mind is working. Because you could say, in one hand, that is very matter of fact. It's just stating the obvious what has happened. And on the other hand, you might say, well, it sounds a bit like I'm taking my ball and I'm marching off home. But I I just think it's confusing. And I think that these U-turns that are happening, we accused the royal family of race. No, we didn't. But we let them carry the can anyway. There was the we don't want the titles. They were saying that they would never have the titles because of a race element. And now they've got the titles. So the king perhaps was never going to stand in their way. I know that there was this um, discussion of whether the, or certainly reports that the king was going to issue letters patent to say uh, that those titles were, would, would not be able to exist. He hasn't done that. And it seems as though they have been placated in some way. I mean, there are loads of, stuff coming out at the moment about whether there's some horse trading behind the scenes. Harry and Meghan demanding Balkingy appearances. I don't think that's true, but uh, some that, that um, Archie's birthday will be recognised in some way in the weekend. I think there's a bit of a bigger show in town. So, I don't know. All I know is, on <laughs> in this, is that relations are terrible. And... I think Buckingham Palace were caught on the hop with this. I don't think they knew that that statement was going to go out as it did on that day about the um, uh, after People magazine, Great Scoop, got the information that the, the, that the christening had happened. And then they were sort of scrambling to say, oh, yeah, we're going to change it in due course. Um, I mean... Yeah, I think they should have just done it on a quiet Tuesday, like the politicians who drip out bad bad news. Yeah. And the website, the royal family's website, was updated within 24 hours, yeah. which, as you said, suggests that it's been changed as a reaction to, rather than just a, oh, we, exactly. not, we happen to have done this anyway. Yeah, so my argument is Buckingham Palace should have done it. And they're made yeah. in it, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's they are now, they have got titles. Thing. And they have got, that, that should have been an announcement from the Buckingham Palace that, in line with, uh, you know, in alignment with the king's wishes. Yeah. But they don't want to get into it. And that, that creates a vacuum to be filled, even with the Sussexes or other reports or sources speaking to various um, reporters. But I don't know. I, don't, I, I, just, I just don't get the purpose. But, you and know. It, but it's, again, it could have been seen as a really lovely, you know, hope if it ever happened in more traditional circumstances in that as you said they put a statement out it would have been a nice thing because it's a sign through everything else this is a sign that harry and Meghan want their children to still have those royal ties which suggests that however much however much they've criticized what they've been through in their treatment they do still those links are important to them and i think that is when you dig very deep and you cut everything else away, that is a positive thing. They're not saying we want nothing to do with the royals anymore, which, you know, other people have been suggesting. It does say that they do want those royal ties, which I think could have, that could have been a positive thing. Definitely. Or am I being a bit too No, no, it? no. I think, you know, you're, you're, you're ever the optimist. <laughs> I think in this sense, it could have been. But, um, I mean... Harry has discussed and said, I believe in the concept of monarchy. I want it to, f to flourish, pretty much, as what he said. And um, 
he he i think he still longs for that association he is torn between his upbringing coming from a broken home which will no doubt have hurt the king and the, and the and the rest of the royal family to to hear that um i think harry has said by his father's own admission he had failed him at certain points and perhaps he would have made things different along the way but harry harry longs for this association and maybe he's hoping that it can be different for his children but by the same token there's always a but how can he think that when he pretty much believes that the royal family is not changing its ways and they haven't recently they they haven't they haven't learned lessons have they now we'll go on to you mentioned that quote about coming from a you know kind of broken family but before that let's just go through what we do know about the christenings as we said it's a really family really happy occasion uh so we know that it happened at the couple's home uh which is really lovely and you know as we know it keeps their kind of you know keeps the family around them it's by the uh, archbishop of los angeles and um, the obviously we know the royals were invited but weren't able to make it over um tyler perry obviously we know he is the godfather that was announced in the oh gosh i've lost track that was in the netflix series we found that out wasn't it i think Yes, because he spoke about what an honour it was. Yes. They also mentioned a a godmother. We don't know who that is. Fairy godmother. Fairy godmother. <laughs> um, you could have Ellen. It could be Oprah. Oh, gosh. I mean, maybe it was Ellen. Yeah. A Serena. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the list goes on and on. Lots it? of potentials. Also, they had a um, a 10-person gospel choir. Flown in flown by Tony. I mean, I want a friend like this. Well, that's, yes, good godparenting. You know, parent, uh, birthdays, christenings, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm up for it. If there's really any, anyone nice. who can fly gospel choirs over <laughs> in their private jet, definitely. And they, uh, some of the songs they performed, we know they did, Oh, Happy Days, and This Little Light of Mine, which was played nice. at Meghan and Harry's wedding, which was really lovely to have those links. Uh, we know that, you know, they really... Um, you know, focus on those things, which is lovely. Then just to kind of mention on the christening again before we move, royal christenings are a really big deal. That is, you know, obviously religion is a huge thing for the monarchy. And to have this service outside of the UK, what does what does that sign? What signal is that? Well, I think, you know, the king is the head of the Church of England, the Anglican Church, and certainly he would find a christening as to be a, a sacred event, a, a reason to celebrate togetherness and new beginnings. And I think it's a great shame that he wasn't there. Of course, um, the when um, when Archie was christened, we, we had that amazing picture of the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, of course. And we don't have that. There's no family photos of that that royal connection and on the one hand they they want their children to have the royal connection i mean of, co- of course the one thing i do think is i think it means that harry and Meghan are going to come to the coronation and i do think they'll bring the family because Ooh. they will want to celebrate that that unity with the family now whether other certain members of the family don't want to hang out with them they don't want to See them. It might be pretty hard because if they are staying in Fogmore Cottage, have come on to the merry-go-round of houses later. But if they are going to stay in Fogmore Cottage, they're only a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Waleses, and 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 the king, who one would assume will be staying at Windsor Castle when the big party is happening on Sunday. So there's lots of reasons to get you know involved with each other, and one may hope that that kind of does happen. But whether we see some pictures behind the scenes, I doubt it. I was thinking also if they do come to the coronation, maybe they could do a little like a blessing at St George's Perhaps Chapel. They normally and, do know, that, have, do they? Yeah. You know, if they couldn't have the official christening yeah. here, but yeah. you can do you do that with weddings and things, don't you? Sometimes if you go and get, get the married, Archbishop on a of Canterbury yeah, over, pop over, do it in St George's where they got married. Not, maybe yeah. that would be that would be lovely, wouldn't it? 
One would, I think that's a good shout because I think that they will, you know, they will want to do that. And I think that, um, I, yeah, I think this, this kind of, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because last week when we had the hoo-ha over the, the houses, you think, oh my God, they're, they're definitely not going to come back. And I'm still sticking to what I have been told by, you know, an actual human to say that they, ha- they were still undecided as of last week. I don't think that's changed. I'm just saying, yeah, I think they will come now. And, you know, again, that wanting that prince and princess link, and even if they had, even if they decided uh, behind the scenes, they would have these titles in while confirming the christening, they've used that. So they're saying she is a princess. They're not, it's not just happening in the background. They're publicising it, yes. which is lovely. But well, again, so hopefully... It's on the royal family's website yeah, now. exactly. So hopefully those royal links mean that we might get to see them later, I say later in the year, in about nine oh, weeks' don't. time. Gosh, not even, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be, but it's Ooh. nearly... Gosh, ah. yeah, panic planning. <laughs> Put that aside. Now, elsewhere in uh, America, obviously, Harry did another Q&A last weekend now. It feels like a very long time ago. Um, so he sat down. It was for an author the talk. And he we briefly mentioned it in last week's show, um, talking about living with loss. And this interview, he spoke about quite a lot in this. He spoke about his drug use more. Um, and also said, as you mentioned briefly earlier, talking about um, not being a victim. Uh, said you know kind of really pushed that point um and yeah it was, it was another really it was another really open interview yes i think that's a good way to put it yeah a sort of public therapy session yes pay, pay for my therapy <laughs> and you can get a free book i mean dr gabor Marte is um sort of a renowned psychotherapist and it's, i thought it was quite interesting he's talking about um love and loss and torment and t- sort of background of his growing up in a in quotes broken home and um diagnosed him with ADD ADHD here in the UK ADD in the states harry harry pretty much said what do you want me to do with that but i i is that the first time he it, it struck me that he wasn't the first time he had been told that by a medical professional because he kind of laughed it off and said you know what do you want we do with it and then dr gable said he he actually had been diagnosed himself with it so there's a bit of toing and throwing but again super on it super open honest i was most intrigued by him saying that it was a weight of his shoulders he felt it certainly hadn't had any regrets and we have heard that over the last few weeks that harry for all the backlash and the talk um on podcasts such as this but um he had no regrets and he he must feel that 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 burden is lifted from him and I suppose he is willing to deal with the fallout and perhaps the titles for his children are a way of him saying you know I don't want to completely burn my bridges I want an association with this family and I want to carry on um, to try and mend the relations probably a long way to go isn't there one of the things he spoke about in quite a lot of detail, as I said, I didn't watch it. Um, I was at a, a hen party, which is a bachelorette party for anyone in the US, and apparently interrupting activities that we had plans to watch this was was frowned upon. But I, from the clips I've gone through, one of the ones I'm seeing a lot of is he spoke about speaking about drugs. Uh, he said that cocaine didn't do anything for him, but he really praised the use of marijuana mm. and also di- psychedelics. And this is something that's been really quite heavily criticised yes, by drug yeah, tra- yeah. Uh, charities. Because what he basically said is that maria- marijuana uh, really helped him, uh, said the psychedelics was the cleaning of the windscreen and, and removing life's filters. Um, and, you know, really spoke quite positively about them, which obviously isn't quite the message that people that are working tirelessly to, you know... Educate. Educate yeah, people yeah. about drug uses. These messages 
aren't really of course and I don't you know Harry isn't a medical professional and I think that that is the concern from the medical field and certainly other psychologists have, have spoken out about this that therapy fantastic psycho analyzing yourself and your behaviors always in the, I would not say always but in the most terms I would imagine that psychotherapists encourage people to go down that route if they are feeling um, a burden of some sort um, but yeah it's, it's always a tricky situation isn't it for him I think he, he, he can obviously speak from personal experience but, but uh, perhaps the worry is that he has kind of glorifying encouraging perhaps to 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 try those methods when they are unregulated and it's um it's a bit of an odd situation but on the flip side to that being super honest and open no stone has been left unturned has it so um i think that's something we we may see him speak about alternative therapies of course maybe he's following his father's footsteps i mean he's a he's right into homeopathic medicine isn't he and if you did listen, if you did listen to the live event on Saturday, uh, we'd love to know what you thought of it. Uh, let us know on Instagram. Now let's come back to the UK because uh, we've had all oh, we've had Camilla, Kate, Charles, and William have all been out and about. Uh, starting off with uh, because I'm completely biased and I lived in Colchester for a few, few yes, years, Essex so we're going to go straight in with that. So Charles and Camilla went to Colchester. They went round the castle, uh, which is actually just literally. The row behind my old house, which makes my old house sound a lot more grand than it was. I knew you were wrong. (laughs) So Colchester Castle basically sits in the middle of the park. And so it's just in the middle of town. Like you've got Marks and Spencer's opposite it. It's not kind of... (laughs) Yeah, you're really painting a very plush picture of your lifestyle. I love Colchester. And yes, that was a really nice day out. It was great (laughs) to see them. Um, But there were some more protesters we saw again, didn't we, at this one? Yeah, and I think that's something they are coming to expect. I mean, we, 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 we haven't seen this on the the frequency certainly uh, those levels when the queen was with us um and is it is it a, a new era perhaps i mean these listen let's play let's play it straight that these protests are small in number um but of course on the backdrop of potential trips coming up to the caribbean and other commonwealth nations there um there are questions to be to be answered aren't there i mean kylie's even pulled out of doing the, the Windsor concert, and maybe oh, that's because she feels that her country folk are about to have a conversation about their associations with the monarchy. I think it would have been a lot different had she been invited to the Jubilee, for for instance. Uh, but because, we, you know, this is, this is very different. This isn't necessarily honouring the life and service of the Queen. It is a new beginning, and certainly... People who are protesting and campaign groups like Republic and other voices in the Republican movement have an issue with that. Um, that that deserves to be heard. I think there should be a conversation. It'll be interesting to see if the royals do approach it. I don't think they will because once you start you know, dealing with those conversations, where does it stop? So typically they will probably bury their head in the sand over it. One of the things I am very glad to see, though, is obviously there's been protests for going on, but they are now, they are standing there with banners. So they're getting their point across, but we haven't seen any of the the egg throwing and things like that, which, you know, it's it's that it's the way yeah. of doing it. When yeah, you get absolutely. your point set, you know, you get, and as you said, those conversations are absolutely fair enough to be had, but they're doing them in a way that actually is the, you know, a, a better and I think more respectful way to it do is. it. It is. It's got, you know, every man and woman and person has the 
right to protest. And I don't think the royal family would even disagree with that. Of course not. But there needs to be a conversation opened rather than lobbing eggs at yeah. someone. Which when you take everything else away from it, it's throwing an egg at a 70-year-old man. Is, yeah. You know, but... Anyway, Kate Kate got really involved this week. I was like, these were brilliant. So she went and did a training session uh, with the 1st Battalion Irish Guards. Um, And so she did what she doing. She was doing a first aid. She was helping to save as part of this exercise, not a real soldier, no, not a really wounded person, but to save someone that had been shot, hadn't she? Well, learning the grim realities of sort of battle injuries in war. And of course, this is uh, her first job as Colonel of the Irish Guards. Um, and pretty snowy conditions we've had. We haven't had a weather update for a long time. Well, I was going to say, it felt like one of these things that was probably put in the diary for March, thinking it would be like Balmy quite a weather. nice day, and then she's got there and she was But in... the pictures look so much better so in the good. snow. It looked, uh, it looked like a proper army exercise, didn't it? I remember Prince Harry going to Norway, and they were amazing pictures. They were doing, pictures. They were doing this sort of real-life war games uh, exercise in the, in the Norwegian fjords, and... Um, Again, this is uh, this was on Salisbury Plain where the where the um, the Irish Guards practice their manoeuvres, um, and she was getting properly stuck in. It seems to me that they are doing a bit more of late. Someone said to me, "Would they have done this when the Queen was around?" I'm, I don't I probably would, but it does seem to me that they're getting out there. We're trying to we're trying to you know what have I said recently? They're not inve- reinventing the wheel, but this this was great to see her out and about taking it seriously, not just turning up in a uh, you know, chauffeur-driven car, but actually getting getting amongst it. Well, that's it, because she did almost the formal side of it, didn't she, a couple of days ago where she went and she posed for the photos and she, you know, did it in the, the coat and the heels and everything. And then she almost did this side of it, which is the right, now I'm actually going to do the the physical side of it as well. And it felt nice of doing the official royal side of it, but then doing the actual kind of more practical side, which I really liked, I thought was really good as well. And she certainly looked the part. She had all the kind of the camo gear, I know, didn't proper, she? Ca- proper gear, proper camo gear. Um, I mean, <laughs> again, this is something that I've always trumpeted by saying that the royals really need to get out and be out and about. We know what they look like in sashes and tiaras and crowns and all the white tie gear and but this is totally different it shows a different light to them it shows that they're taking it seriously and they're great pictures so we love it and again we know that kate's active she loves doing all this stuff it's probably you know it's good you know it's really interesting to see how it works and she'd be up for doing it so as you said that picture is going to be a lot more interesting and as it did dominates most of the front pages of the exactly, newspapers today, yeah. which is what they want. And they were out again today, actually. She was joined by William this time to visit a Muslim centre where they were hearing some of the harrowing stories from aid workers who have just returned from Turkey and Syria who have been part of the earthquake relief work. Well, yes, uh, I mean, huge, incredible work being done by the Turkey Syria appeal that's raised an astonishing, astonishing 121 million since uh, since launch, and that was pretty much just over a month ago, wasn't it? So, um, at this Hayes Centre, they have raised thirty thousand pounds on their own for Turkey and Syria. Um, Prince Wales saying that he's so impressed by their efforts that uh, he joked that he would like um, the, to recruit them for himself because he feels that his charities need. Uh, perhaps a bit of oomph in the fundraising department. But again, really serious message. Um, I mean, again, pictures 
tell a story, right? Um, and Kate turning up in a headscarf, uh, respectfully talking to the to, to the Muslim men and women about their experiences and their country folk in those uh, disaster zones that are still continuing to be affected by this awful, awful natural disaster um, will will help it get the message out there and hopefully raise an awful lot more money for the uh, disasters um, appeal. Now, moving on to Sarah Ferguson, and we've seen a lot of Fergie this week. Now, she is promoting the second of her, obviously, she's, she's turned her hand to writing. Uh, her new book, A Most Intriguing Lady, was out this week. And um, we actually spoke with her. She co-writes these. When her first book came out, I spoke to her co-author. So if you've never listened to that episode before, have a listen back. So it's really interesting to see what it's like to work and write That was with a Fergie. great episode. And uh, thank you very much. Very, very um, good. But the next one's out. and But we are, she's done a lot of press around this, more so than she did the first time, and speaking more about the royals. Um, we'll go through some of the points that she, of what she spoke about after, but I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think she's taking a bit of a leaf out of Meghan and Harry's book? You know, it's all right to talk about things. It's all right. Well, I think she's gone even further because she is talking about... Bec- becoming her authentic self. And I think that those conversations she has revealed that she had with uh, the late Queen, talking about always be yourself, Sarah, we only want the best for you. She would have never dreamed about making those comments whilst the late Queen was with us. But interestingly, speaking about Andrew very candidly as well, about how the Queen and her were the bookends of his life over the last three years. She described him as poor Prince Andrew, saying about how he had gone through this awful sort of disintegration of his character. And regardless of what everybody thinks of Prince Andrew, I think that people do admire her loyalty, not only for for Andrew. I mean, you can have an opinion on that, but obviously her loyalty towards the Queen as well, because let's not forget that the the Queen's son was experiencing this and the Queen had to take those decisions. Regardless of what you think, she was the one who had to strip her son of all his royal titles, his privileges of everything. And that must have been a burden. Um for her and she took decisive action for the good of the crown and for the good of one would say moral decency because of the his fall from grace and the sort of disgrace that he brought on himself and indeed the monarchy now for Sarah I think people identify with her because after the last couple of years of Harry and Meghan talking about the royal family they have lifted the lid on this family and we've had a bit of a <laughs> an indication of how dysfunctional they are and in order to survive you have to be pretty tough and you have to be made of stern stuff and people especially in America see that Sarah has been a great survivor and she's pretty honest she wears her heart on her sleeve and she's pretty bloody funny as well and um, I was with Celia Walden from the Telegraph the other day and she was talking she did a fantastic interview I haven't read that definitely because it's um they spent a few hours together sitting in the River Cafe talking about all these things and I think you really got a sense of who Fergie is now as a person speaking about this renaissance of her character and um and good luck to her because she's doing very well off her own accord she's made some mistakes there's been some huge pitfalls for her but she's still she's out there surviving isn't she and she went through that same thing. I think, obviously, we think about Fergie in the last few years. But when you went back to, you know, she married Andrew and they always very much said they were in love. But she, what did she say? I I got the, the castle, but I didn't get the husband. And, you know, when they went through the divorce, you know, it was quite well reported that Philip 
wasn't really a fan of her. You know, oh, yeah, she I was mean, invited for Christmas and her children were allowed to go to the Christmas dinner and she had to sit in a house, you know, d- sit in a different house and spend Christmas Day oh, there, I yeah, think, for on decades. her own. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's there's a-, a lot, she's gone through a lot and I think she, sp- she spoke about forgiveness in uh, one of the interviews she did and I think that's quite, you know, that had to have been a big part when she had, you know, still had this relationship with the Queen. Um, she also, yeah, when talking about forgiveness, she was actually giving advice that she had for Meghan and Harry and also Kate and William. Uh, kind of you know advice on being a royal couple and um, said the best answer is to really take uh take hold and lead by example uh, she actually said she wouldn't give an advice but then say that your actions speak louder than words and spoke at how i think forgiveness is key so lots of you know really nice details and very excitingly she gave us an update on the corgis so obviously she and andrew took on the queen's corgis when she passed away um and yeah bit, bit of news from how they're getting on I mean, this may be how we laughed her because she was talking about how when the corgis start chasing or get a bit excited and there's no squirrels to be seen, she knows the late queen is with us. I mean, Lord. (laughs) It's hilarious, isn't it? But I love Sarah. I think she's a great character. Her Instagram has been keeping me very much entertained over the last year. And I think one of her best projects was the lockdown Fergie story with oh, Fergie story, time story time, story time yeah, with Fergie great. she got so into it she said she's more than happy to dress up be you know yeah. to do it all it's, you know what? It's and, it, and, and they weren't getting good great numbers and she wasn't chasing the likes and she was just doing it because she thought if some people are watching it and she's putting herself out there and I think um again applaud her for picking herself up dusting herself down and um and just getting on with it and a little update on Princess Eugenie, who's obviously pregnant at the moment, kind of really praising her daughter and um, said so that she's really proud for managing her work because obviously she she has a, has a working royal, but also as a mother and how good she is with August, which is really lovely to see. And that's going to come around really quickly as well, isn't it? Another royal baby. I know. It's going to be a busy summer. I know. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying <laughs> to get my mind and body just over the line for the coronation. And I think, oh, we'll have a bit of a breathing space, but it never on. happens, does it? It never then happens. It will carry on now big week this week and i don't know quite how this has come around so soon but it is commonwealth day on monday so obviously we had the big service at westminster abbey and the king's actually doing things a bit differently obviously the queen always used to give a message but it was normally written it was in the program it was released before but he's actually going to deliver it he's going to you know stand and give the speech which will be really lovely yeah yeah, again, I think Commonwealth Day is particularly important to the royal family. It was one of those dates that you always looked forward to because all the royal family was there. It was, of course, one of the last proper appearances that we had from Meghan and Harry. It's the last, their last official engagement. Yeah, the big well, of course it was, yeah. The, the green cape day. Well, would we? Cl- I suppose it was It was an official engagement, the um, the Thanksgiving service for at the Jubilee, with that class as an official engagement there at St Paul's. I would oh, argue sorry, it died. I thought you meant the last before they quit. It was the last before they stepped back. Yeah, that was it, but, yeah. yeah. But I suppose they were here during the Jubilee. But again, I think the King wants to have a, a personal role in it. And that tells you about his thinking. The Commonwealth is very, very important to him. He has been uh, voted as the new head of the Commonwealth. And of course, that was Her Majesty's um, one of her sort of final parting gifts, really, not only to him, but to open it up to the Commonwealth. And I don't think, as Prince William has said, that he will then end up taking it. He said that he probably won't be the head of the Commonwealth. There needs to be uh, not necessarily a different voting system because it is one, but there um, there will be different voices in sort of the next 
10, 20 years, who knows, um, that will come to the fore and that he could probably add a voice to rather than being sort of the main player. And I think that that, uh, that association with the family will become very apparent when they do their foreign tours as well. Now, the theme for this year's Commonwealth Day is forging a sustainable and peaceful common future. It's always such a great event, isn't it? It's always filled with, you've always got music there. There's always sports stars. It's also such a great thing. It's going to be 2,000 uh, people inside Westminster Abbey. And obviously, this will be the a big event in where just in a few weeks, as we've already decided, uh, the coronation will take place. So it feels, am I right in thinking this will be the last kind of big royal public get-together we see before the big day? Yeah, yeah, one would assume so. I mean, let's. We might have some um, some engagements in the week before. There might be a bit of a lead up there with the sort of drip feeding out what the coronation week will look like. Um, and of course, it's only seven weeks. My gosh, <gasps> this countdown is on. But um, it's 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 something we're we're all looking forward to. The Commonwealth Day as well is visually spectacular, I think, and. What always strikes me, I'm just reading the notes, 2,000 strong congregation, including Commonwealth Secretary General, Prime Minister, Osamo, High Commissioners, Senior Politicians, Dignitaries. But this number 2,000 is exactly how many are going to be in the Abbey for the coronation. How on earth did they get 8,000 people in for the Queen's coronation it's crazy there must have been people sort of climbing the rafters and on each other's (laughs) shoulders and stuff because i've been in there a fair few times and especially for the queen's funeral and it's a it always seems a bit cramped down the back when you you were there anyway but looking forward to these events um hopefully it's it's gonna be uh, a, a few days to remember definitely and then so just after commonwealth obviously you've got the big chair uh the big official ceremony which is on telly and then afterwards they'll have a um a nice reception for everyone who's attended and uh, members of the commonwealth at buckingham palace which will be lovely is there anything else interesting happening this week that you can tell us about nothing this week few things next week um just have to wait and see exciting lovely well thank you so much for joining me today uh russell and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in as always we are looking for your coronation stories your memories of the king and things you're excited about seeing uh please send them to us on instagram and twitter uh we are there at pod save and until next time pod save the king